please pull up a seat and wind down. Was your sojourn on Rock and Jima a pleasant one? The Witch of Theatre Going has invited you to a tea party. We hope you choose to attend. Welcome to a hidden tea party. My name is Courtney. I am the witch of some very problematic video games, and these are my guests. Hi, I'm Jess. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. We're doing history in this episode. Oh, we are doing history. <sighs> yeah. We're doing history. This is accurate. This is um, educational. This is. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving us to the um, educational category of, of Spotify now, because we're educating. <laughs> yeah. We're here to educate. I think if you care about history, you're a fucking nerd, um, <laughs> and you suck. Anyone what about anime about- people in history? <laughs> please, please ignore the fact that I have a job doing archaeology <laughs> for a second. People who like history suck. They're the worst. But like- They are the worst. Wouldn't it be better if you unearthed, like, an anime boy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, damn, all these anime boys died in World War II. Yeah. I, I have had my fill of anime boys in Umaneko. I really mm-hmm. do not be needing more. <laughs> that's, mm. that's fair. Um, hi my name's Rowan my pronouns are they them I'm um, an archaeologist and I think historians suck (laughs) that's so valid that's so valid so we're gonna dive in because we've got a lot to cover this week oh boy do we we read from chapter 3 Kinzo Shiromiya to chapter 5 The Witch Who Came From The Sea now trigger warning there uh, is some allusions to some discussion of sexual assault it's not very explicit but it's there so uh, if you're uncomfortable by this, uh, I'll do another timestamp. Yeah, get out while you can. Just a heads up, uh, it, it, it happens. I thought it would be coming later, but no, they just drop it casually here. It's dropped very casually. Yeah, um, it's it's not it's it it's very mm-hmm. vague and glossed over. But if you think about the implications, they are truly horrifying. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, don't, yeah. And anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll um, get we'll get there. Um, Pretty much straight away. A fun opening to the episode. (laughs) So after uh, Will's little discussion with Burncastle, he goes to uh, have a chat with Kinzo, who um, he kind of wins over by his knowledge of the past game boards and the fact he seems to have understood them. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of drops some some deep lore. Yeah. Yeah. And is like, oh, you should, he's like, Kenzo, you should tell me everything because I'm an impartial observer. And then like, you want someone to have your story, you know, once you've died. Mm. He's like, I don't fucking want anyone to know anything about me. I hate you all. Um, (laughs) Um, Genji's line is, Willard Sama, the master does not like wills, which is very funny to me. I yeah. fucking love a good will will pun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pun that only works in English, but it's very funny. Yeah, um, I am. So, it did slightly confuse me because they're talking about like in one of the previous game boards they did this as well, where Kinzo was like, "I'm going to write my will," and then it was basically his life story. 
that he was writing down. And they're talking about those things if they're, as if they're the same thing here as well. I'm like, a will isn't like a description of your past, usually. It's about yeah. dividing your assets up. So um, I'm curious whether that's just an interesting word choice or whether that's relevant I mean, in any way. My, or... my granddad did write his life story a few years before he died, so... You know. But was it his will? Yeah, would you describe that as his will, though? No, yeah. it was more of like a... A um, memoir um, or a something. Mem- a memoir! Like. That's a good way of putting it. But yeah, Will's like... Kinzo's like, oh, right, you actually know most of it already, so may as well just... Yeah, you've worked tell it out. Tell so <laughs> we basically draw out of Kinzo that Kuadorium Beatrice was the child of him and the first Beatrice. Which, um is unfortunate yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think we pretty much surmised this much yeah like battler yeah. has suggested it they suggested it last episode as well but like i thought that this wasn't going to be the answer because when they mentioned it last episode will was kind of like mm, unsatisfied with the whole concept but then yeah he he brings up this theory and and kinzo's like yeah that's kind of how it was um, yeah, so. I I've I think if you go back really early on, like we suggest this as a possibility. Um, I don't know. There's there's a yeah. few things that happen in this. That I'm like, yeah, no, we kind of predicted this early on. Yeah, um, it's it's not a too much of a stretch, um, and I think it's quite well foreshadowed. Like we talked yeah. about this last episode, that it would make sense for her not to be the original Beatrice given her age. And so, also that conversation that we see that she has, where she's like, who am I? And yeah. she's talking to Rosa about, yes, I'm Beatrice, but like, I don't really know why, because I don't... It's like a title that's been forced on her, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, I was like, oh, um, maybe this isn't going to go somewhere really terrible. Mm. Yeah, so um, the discussion's going to start here about um, sexual assaults again. I'll timestamp it, so heads up. But uh, basically, Kinzo and the servants allude to um, that uh, Kinzo sexually assaulted his daughter, basically. Yeah, Yeah, the idea is like, essentially, oh, he started calling her Beatrice and... Essentially, started treating her like Beatrice, which yeah, he saw some quote unquote misplaced love. Love and yeah, yeah, is that's that's like the main um, way they allude to it. There's a couple of other bits, like um, I think they say how like the the younger Beatrice couldn't be the Beatrice that Kinzo desired, but he tried anyway. Basically, like kind of thing. I was yeah. like, there's a lot of language where I'm like, yep. Yeah, Okay, it's subtle, but I know what you're getting at here. Um, yeah. Like, he thought that his daughter was his his lover reincarnated, so he was like, well, we're doing the same relationship there, then. I think, uh, again, if you go back to early episodes and listener, you may care to... I do not. Uh, I can't stand the sound of my own voice for that long. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I think, I think we talk about this idea pretty early on of like, yeah. oh, is this, is that um, what it's gonna Beato and yeah. Kuadorian? Honestly, I had expected this to also be like Kinzo assaulted the OG Beato. I'm quite, I don't know, like forced her to have a child, but um, 
It doesn't seem like that was the case. (laughs) Yeah, from stuff that happens later, it doesn't seem like that was the case. I mean, so this episode in general, with the flashbacks, I'm going to get this out now, is a bit weird because this is like Kinzo's perspective. Yeah, it's it's impossible to really tell whether he's painting himself in a good light or not. Um, Because we haven't been given detective's authority, we've been given theatre-going authority. Mm. So we're kind of having a dramatised version of... Kinzo's interpretation yeah. of events. Yeah. Um, so who knows what really happened? But yeah. according to Kinzo, um, he um, they, this is th- these were the way the events went down. Yeah, and that, there's uh, some there's some really like there's some really disturbing kind of. It's the way it's the way that like the characters talk about this as well. Is that like Genji's here? Kumasawa comes in when they're talking about this as well. And she's the one who talks about the the young the daughter Beatrice having misplaced love put upon her, um, and like she like mildly scolds Kinzo, and that's as bad yeah. as it gets. Like she's like, yeah. "Oh, tut tut, you shouldn't have done that," and like Genji just sits there like, "Yep, this is fine." Um, <laughs> and like, so- yeah, there's some there's some complicity going on. Um, and it's, yeah. The implication throughout this chapter is that Kinzo's inner circle, particularly Genji, Kumasawa, and Nanjo, all knew this had gone down and just didn't tell anyone And helped him it. cover it up as well and as not telling anyone. Yeah. Um, and like, um, <laughs> Kinzo is basically like, whoopsie! Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of did maybe do a wrong thing there. He doesn't even say sorry, and like, even if he did, it wouldn't be good enough by a long shot um yeah and the only the only character who really reacts to any of this at all is leon and is like oh god no what do you mean and then just kind of slumps a bit as they're kind of taking that in but like will doesn't say anything um i don't know whether Mm. that's just because he's kind of expected whether he kind of expected that he's probably already Um, worked it out i think um but yeah, it's all it's all really miserable. Um, it's like what I was thinking as well is like it. It's horrendous, no matter what age this happens at. But also, how early did Kinzo start? Oh dear, that's what's rough. Oh dear, that is what's rough. And the fact is that there were all these servants around because, as we know, there were tons of servants at Kuadorian to help. Yeah. Um, the uh Beatrice because she um she couldn't do anything by herself because she'd never left Kuadorian. Yeah, um, she was just trapped when... there and um... So they all knew this this kind of shit was going down and did fucking nothing about it. And yeah, like and that's I'm just like wild. I I don't trust Kinzo to be like, I will wait until my daughter enters adulthood before I start treating her like she was my mistress. Um like yeah, even if he did, yeah. it was still fucking hideous. But yeah, I'm just like, this is all absolutely awful. Um, well, she was only about yeah. like twenty when she died. Exactly. So, so yeah. you you raised this woman and groomed her so that you could repeatedly rape her, and she could never leave your control. Yes. Yeah. And all of your yeah. servants helped. Yeah. yeah. What lovely and people. That's, that's um, why it's just like I've. Like, there's just this level of complicity, and I'm not sure if it's tied to Kinzo's wealth that people are just willing 
to like cover up all kinds of horrific shit because they know they're getting money out of it. They don't. They yeah. don't really ex- like neither neither Genji or Kumasawa like explain why they were okay yeah. with this or Nanjo alludes to the fact that he might have been at some point tempted by Kinzo's wealth later in the chapter. But yeah, the other and... two just kind of are yeah. like, yeah, I'm the servant, so that's what I do. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a degree to where I'm sure there's like a mob mentality thing. It's like, well, no one else is standing up for this. So mm. people feel yeah. unempowered to. Like, that's a pretty common occurrence in situations where horrible things like that are happening. Yeah. Um, it might just be that Kinzo is powerful enough. Particularly like, so I have questions about like, these other unnamed servants, like, where is he pulling these from? Is he pulling these servants from his, like, special orphanage that he sponsors, where he pulls, Mm. like, insane servants? It's possible that they've just all been groomed from birth to be, like, canon. And I kept, like, oh, furniture isn't supposed to feel anything. I'm not supposed to feel empathy for this girl. I don't think I mentioned this on the pod, but I had a theory at one point that the orphanage was entirely full of kinzo's illegitimate children i think you may have said something um yeah you did say that i really hope that's not true um but i still think it could be um oh god with it could like and um given that we find out in this uh in this reading that i don't think the original beatrice and kinzo were actually together for very long um it would probably no. if that was true then all of the children would probably be from um the daughter instead yeah it yeah, basically I sounds like that they weren't from beato i had assumed he had other mistresses cuz that's mm. a lot of children to that's have a lot of children and none of them are blonde <laughs> I mean, from the way <laughs> he paints it, it sounds like Beatrice was the love of his life and he didn't care about anyone else. Yeah. Whether this is true, Whether this who is knows? true. Like, ba- based off how he... we're starting this chapter, we, we already know that this guy has no fucking morals whatsoever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm gonna um, take this opportunity to pitch the crack theory that Leon is the child of Beato and Beato II. In Kenzo, because that would explain why Leon has like such a favorable position in Kenzo's eyes, and could also be like raised off the island to inherit the headship without Battler's or anyone else's knowledge. Um, because no one knows about Bayer two, so Bayer two, <laughs> Bayer two. Um, oh, I did. That. I did also wonder, like you know, um. The scene we see earlier with Kinzo talking to his daughter Beatrice in the in Kuidorian, uh is 19 years before 1986. And I'm like, what if the baby from 19 years ago was Kinzo and her kid? That he was like, no. oh, gonna get rid of that. I'll give it to Natsui, she'll get rid of it for me. You might be onto something there. Passed off the murder onto Natsui. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not going to get rid of it, but um, my uh, my daughter-in-law, she's going through some stuff at the moment. She's been guzzling down those essential oils. I'm sure she'll, uh, <laughs> like, she'll do it. I don't know why he wouldn't just do, like, there's the possibility that, like, uh, if if uh, before young Beatrice died, they'd had a, they'd had a kid, um, that he could have just done the reincarnation thing yeah. again, unless it was a boy. 
then he maybe wouldn't have been able to. I don't know. This is just... The, no, the timings are suspicious. Theory. And I'm like, where would a baby come from that Kinzo had access to mysteriously 19 years That's, previously? I think it's a really solid, solid theory, to be fair. Do not like it. No, not whatsoever. Kinzo, Kinzo going significantly down in my estimations this episode. Also, Nanjo finally cancelable. He was he was cancelable before just for being friends with Kinzo, but like now are we really cancelable for being friends with Kinzo? Yeah, when I said that Nanjo like is a problematic character like ages ago, this is what I was referring to is the fact that like he's kind of been in cahoots with Kinzo this whole time and didn't do anything. I'm taking off my hat to reveal a delicious egg. I (laughs) would. Delicious, delicious cancelled egg. Like Humpty Dumpty, he too has fallen. Yeah. <laughs> like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> fucking sick, nasty Humpty Dumpty reference for the Humpty Dumpty enjoy- <laughs> nursery rhyme enjoyers in the audience. Um, <sighs> so. Uh, I highlighted a couple of interesting quotes from this section uh, that I want to pull out right now. Um, uh, Will, the most bamboozling line yet, uh, whenever she was called Beatrice, she got this feeling she couldn't shake away, a feeling like something was out of place. People never feel anything out of place about the name they were given at the time of their birth. Oh, Will. Oh, Will, you're entirely too cisgender to be in this conversation. I mean, I'm like, if Umineko like, Ume itself is a transgender-ass game, right? Like, come on. Willard. Willard clearly Willard. doesn't know about that yet. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean... Apparently Willard yeah. got called Willard and was like, this is perfect and I've got no problems <laughs> with this. And everyone was like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I did I did uh read this aloud to my resident Will um and was like that's like if uh you'd been called Stinky Bum when you were born and then everyone <laughs> went around calling you Will and you're like, nah, it's not right until the day someone calls you Stinky Bum and then you're like, fuck, I finally feel whole again. <laughs> At last, Stinky oh. Bum. <laughs> um so I, I really <sighs> wanted to pull out that quote because it's like um yeah yeah will confirmed both dense and cis in one yeah. sentence <laughs> god um the other thing was uh kumasawa admits to being Beototu's wet nurse yeah um mm-hmm. i interesting uh kumasawa titty feeding episode oh I'm, god I'm yeah about. <laughs> i just i just I mean, like, there's being complicit and there's being complicit. Like, <laughs> and then there's yeah, there's being complicit and then there's titty feeding the. <laughs> I just whenever anyone like talks about wetness, like I'm like, do you know what this means? Like, do you understand mm-hmm. the implication of the phrase wetness? Oh my god! Um, like, yeah. I, I I don't know. Does Ryukishi know what wet nurse means? Maybe. Maybe not. Kumasawa does have mm. kids. Um, I don't know whether the timelines match up at all. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. But... Yeah, I also don't know how this shit works. So um, she could be doing whatever the fuck she wants. But yeah, I was just like, cool. It also could be a translation <sighs> thing. 
so who yeah. knows yeah um, it was just an it, it, it the line hit me like a truck because yeah. i was just like not expecting kumasawa whapping her tit out to be part of this conversation yeah 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 um i think breastfeeding should be more normalized however um i do not breastfeed in public but do not breastfeed your um employer's illegitimate child who you know he's gonna have sex with yeah Um, so yeah (laughs) and maybe take that child away (laughs) like listener mm -hmm. listener if you are in this situation stop (laughs) relatable you are in this situation don't do that yeah it's so anyway those are the lines i wanted to pull cool does that mean we can move on to the more fun bits now yeah i think we'll confine everything to beyond this watermark no more yeah. kinzo conversation we are gonna have to talk to about him a bit <laughs> oh, that guy again i know uh on to the power of theater going which um yeah. will uses to basically summon like a young kinzo and have like a very detailed flashback yeah and young kinzo is battler but with gray eyes and white hair and I yeah. don't know if it's just the outfit, but I feel like he's more buff than Battler is. But it might just be that Battler's clothes are like cover up, cover his arms and stuff. I don't I don't know how buff Battler is because I don't think we've seen a lot. We've not seen I mean, his arms that or anything. Thing, but he's well, wearing like a, he's wearing a tank top. Young Kinzo is so yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Young Kinzo dressing the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> Beige tank top. <laughs> oh God, actually, I would kill one of those. <laughs> so to summarize basically the rest of the chapter kinzo talks about um that uh he uh was made family head because he had six toes so right like... i'm gonna have to stop you here i oh, no. this entire novel the entire plot of this novel hinges on kinzo's toes yeah <laughs> none of this would have happened if kinzo didn't have six toes and i hate that it's like that meme you know with the um, with the dominoes and the little yeah. one at the bottom is Kinzo's toes, and <laughs> and the top one oh. is Rock and Fever, nineteen eight October fifth, nineteen eighty six. Um, oh God. and yeah, right. um, Umineko, an entirely toe based novel. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, be- like basically, like so, Will's talking about like so what happened they're like oh yeah the elders of the 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 main family couldn't decide who was gonna be um family head uh out of who was left so they just looked in the side families and found one with six toes and chose him yeah because it's good luck in the family i was like i mm -mm, nope (laughs) no thank you um so kinzo angry at having anything he's ever wanted handed to him on a plate <laughs> drinks himself into a stupor and joins the army <laughs> he drinks himself into a <laughs> i don't think this is what he wanted to be fair to kinzo no, which i it's, don't like doing. it's not what he wanted at the time certainly um because yes. he I just he doesn't I just seem like i have my every wish fulfilled yeah, he's well, like... this isn't his every wish. He didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want to be the head. He just wanted. Yeah, to you're be right. Like, I uh... hate being impossibly rich and powerful. <laughs> no, he just I wanted think... to be like a rich kid with like no responsibility. Impossibly rich, yes. I think it, from from the sounds of it, he was like he had no power at all because the family basically had complete control over him. Um, 
But yes, he did have a lot of fucking money. Um, I mean, he didn't at the time. Because oh the- no, because the family was actually struggling, wasn't it? Yeah, the family had lost a lot in the uh, Great Kanto earthquake. So basically, the fa- he was head of a dead family. Like the family was all but done for. The elders had made off with whatever money they could. What does not a lot of money look like to these people? Because I think if you ask like Rosa, she would say she doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, and she very I think clearly has more than I will ever see in my lifetime. It's one of those things as well. I feel like in the sense that like all of the all of the siblings go to Rock and Jima being like, "We're fucking broke. We need millions of dollars," and that's to maintain their lifestyle as it is. It's like. If they decided to, like, actually live a normal person's life, they'd probably have plenty of money, but they don't have the money to run a mansion and have all of the servants they need and do have 700 luxury cars or whatever. Um, So, But I will say, it doesn't sound like Kinzo had any money because all the elders had taken it. They basically, like, scraped whatever was left Mm. of the money that they had and made off with it so that they could live comfortably until they died. If only he'd gotten a job. (laughs) <laughs> yeah fuck well he yeah. did get a job he did get a job uh, yeah i guess he joined the army in world war Two. i just i yeah there's there's a certain kind of like rich guy who wishes he didn't have any responsibility but who isn't mm-hmm. quite rich enough to sort of fob everything off onto servants and so like still has to occasionally drew do laundry and like although he's got like a lot of boons also just like hates getting a job and i i just i saw this in kinzo and i was like you're a fucking stereotype and i hate you (laughs) yeah it's it's an interesting one because he's um simultaneously this bit is supposed to be his dark backstory kind of thing and i think he's a pitiable character in this but not necessarily an a sympathetic one because yeah yeah, he basically, he's put in this position where he's kind of a bit trapped and doesn't have any power and anything. But instead of trying to do anything to solve that or anything, he just kind of, he just kind of decides to give up. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, immediately. The, that's the decision that I'm really taking issue with. Like, um, I get being like, oh, I've got all of this responsibility foisted on me and stuff. But there was just a kind of, a certain kind of rich asshole brain that's like, well, it wasn't instantly easy, so I'll stop. Um, but yeah, it also really contextualizes his whole family thing because they yeah. confirmed that his marriage to his wife was completely arranged. He didn't know her at all. And it's yeah. like, he didn't dislike her, but he didn't know her. And then he just also had a load of kids during this time. And I'm like, there is another decision you made. Um, I'm afraid, yeah. Kinzo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm very sorry to say, Kinzo, you did make the decision to do that. I will say, uh, from the t- way the timeline uh, sort of pans out, he didn't. He'd only had three kids. He hadn't had Rosie yet. Mm. S- still, contraception exists, my guy. If you <laughs> insist on fucking her, you can do something about it. No, not in the not in the thirties and twenties. There were kinds of contraception that you could have. I'm sure. There kinds of contraception. You could also in just Japan not... in the thirties and twenties. I don't know, like, because I don't not, know obviously not the about kinds that um, we imagine, but um, yeah, I, I mean... know they want condoms because that's like a sixties thing. Yeah, okay. I'm curious as well about because obviously, like, there's there was a lot of things about Catholicism and not having using contraceptions. I don't know about like, like, well. 
Japanese uh, religions and whether there was any like cultural stuff about not using contraception. Well, I will say there was probably pressure on him to produce heirs. To have children, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because, like, he was thrust into a marriage he didn't want to be in. Like, he just did not care about his wife at all. She was picked out for him and he didn't give a shit. Which is yeah. so funny because he'd do the same to his children. Hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, and then and, and then he um, just had a load of kids he also didn't give a shit about. And it's like, oh, yeah. Kinzo. Yeah, I You're but it does, terrible. I would be surprised if his, if his, like, if the family was like, you have to have heirs. Like, mm. Because that's what the the uh, head of the family does. He has kids. I think I think it's an interesting one that like yeah. At no point does he deci- decide. Maybe I could just walk away from all this. Yes, I've been made family head, but maybe I could just say I don't want to be family head. I'm gonna go and live a normal life outside of the family and the and the money somewhere else. I understand like where he's coming from because he feels trapped by this like obligation and social responsibility. But he also just like does nothing to change it until he's like, I guess I'm gonna commit suicide by joining the army. Like he really, yeah. he really just yeah. like is like, I guess this is my lot in life. Sighs, sits down, and is like, Well, better have three kids with my hot wife. Like, yeah, whatever. it's um. We don't know she was hot. Ava was not produced on Kinzo's genetics alone. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen. I've seen. We we get a sprite now of like uh yeah young Kinzo and like Ava was not it, just his genetics. That's all I'm Incredible. saying. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Yushiromiya probably pretty fine. <laughs> It does make more sense to me now as well why uh, Kinzo's wife is so absent in this story because, yeah, she he didn't have anything to do with her basically because mm. he didn't know her. He didn't care about um, her. And he didn't give a shit, which is sad. Um, but yeah, yeah she she's was... a super tragic character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then she was like, let's go die in the war then. Um. Yeah, yeah he's so like, I'm he... going to join the army and that'll <laughs> probably kill me. But he tells them that he's got construction skills or something and so they don't deploy him on the front. Yeah, basically he fucked up there. He says, I should have just said that I had no skills and they would have put me on the front lines. Yeah. Instead, I'm just hanging out on this uh, island that they're trying to sort of repurpose into like a base. But like, it's sort of nothing's really happening. Um, what I will say is I don't... Uh, uh, Asterisk, I do not engage with a lot of war media whatsoever, mm. um, but it was refreshing to hear about World War II from a perspective that wasn't, isn't America great or isn't Britain great. Yeah. It was certainly interesting. I've never seen any media that is, like, just kind of about, like, <laughs> the people who sided with the Nazis, but obviously not but just like the general people, not yeah, 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 not uh, like the higher ups. Yeah, people who At were least... kind of trapped in this war situation and was like, well, now what? <laughs> this is why I've asterisked this because I am absolutely certain that there's probably some fantastic. Oh, there probably of are lo- lots, but it's yeah, it's not as um, World War Two. However, 
prevalent. Having never engaged with those, I was refreshed because I do think a lot of like, particularly in Britain, the propaganda we get around World War II is centered around British nationalism. And it's like Mm. the last time that Britain was great and we have to go back to like that and that values. Mm. And like World Mm. War II is massively used as a propaganda thing in Britain. And I believe America is the same because obviously American media being so huge, you get quite a lot of American content. And so I see like talking about like the 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 the, the biggest criticism I hear of anything we did in World War Two is the fucking Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings. Everything else is yeah. just like we are amazing for fighting the Nazis. And I'm like, yes correct could you continue to fight the nazis that we have now because <laughs> <laughs> uh, instead of putting them in charge of your fucking country anyway uh, <laughs> anyway 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 rowan politics corner over i was refreshed so valid. by this yeah I'm, i was i was having a time i don't know i'm i'm i hope and assume that ryukishi did some research on the this stuff seems that well was involved researched. here um because they yeah they talk about how like the japanese were inventing um fun- fancy manned torpedoes called what they called chitin torpedoes yeah um that were supposed to like bring down a whole battleship and that they yeah they were they were trying to station big submarines with these torpedoes in on lots of the islands around the coast for a like final defense plan if japan got invaded um, mm-hmm. And strangely enough, one of the islands that got chosen as a place to to build one of these submarines was Rockenjima. So the Chitin torpedo does exist. I've I'm my research has not gone any deeper than that. If you have the kind of autism in which you know more than that, right into the show, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Um, do you like steam trains? We've got so much to talk about. Um, however, uh, they do they did exist. So this is believable at least on the surface nice um Um, my notes immediately say sweet fish torpedoes (laughs) (laughs) oh oh boy anyway uh the project's not really going anywhere but no but like the americans aren't really attacking there's like nijima at all because it's just a collection of random islands so they're just flying over every day um and kinzo's like damn wish that could be me wish they could be killing me (laughs) haha um but instead, so, uh, I'm stuck here building, like, just, just stuck here, like, digging out a cave for a submarine that hasn't mm. arrived. <laughs> God, God would, I would love that job, digging out a cave. One day, the commanding officer comes up to me and is like, Kinzo, you speak English and Chinese, you're the most educated person here, we need you for something. And it turns out an Italian submarine has arrived. Yeah, um, yeah, um, and we get some very creepy music, uh, which is always wild. The issue is, none of them appear to speak English, so they're a bit screwed. They definitely don't speak Japanese. But then, a woman emerges from the submarine who does speak English, and oh. she looks exactly like Beatrice, and reveals her name is uh, Beatrice Castiglione. She's an Italian! <laughs> Absolutely mm. livid. We get a splash art. Um, she's wearing this like cream shirt with a red neckerchief, and there is like fuck all else going on with her outfit. Yeah. We get a, um, a splash art where she's like sort of smiling at Kinzo and like has her hands up by her face. Her boobs perfectly picked out. 
<laughs> I did oh, not yeah, notice. It's an it's an just shadowed beautifully. I'm like, did not notice. Can you imagine if clothes actually did that? <laughs> I love anime clothes with boob pockets. They're so fucking stupid. Yeah, um, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, and so they can, they speak English to each other, which is interesting. Right. So I find it interesting that in all of the um, voice acting we've had so far, like quite a lot of the characters do speak in English occasionally. Like mm-hmm. Delena does her like die the death thing. Like Erica says good a lot. Um, and the subtitles are always in like angled brackets, but the voice acting is done in English, but all of the voice acting for this is in Japanese even though they're speaking English, but the ang- it's still in angle yeah. brackets um, which is interesting, I'm not sure why that was a... So, this is partially because the original the original VN was not voiced mm. so they had to have some way of indicating when they were like not speaking Japanese, because yeah. otherwise it would be too confusing but I assume when they were dubbing it, they were like well, these characters are voiced by non-native English speakers. We don't yeah. want to have to like actually translate all the dialogue into English. Mm. So we're just going to have them read it in Japanese and the brackets will indicate that it's not actually in Japanese. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, I could see an English-speaking TV show doing this, like Firefly or something, mm. where they're like swearing in Chinese and then they, if they have like a passage where it's like they're just talking in Chinese, they'll like have it in English or subtitle it fully or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, um, exactly. fucking Hunt for Red October. That's a topical reference because that's a war film set on a submarine. That's entirely in Russian, uh, but they just get Sean Connery to say like one line in Russian and then they do the rest <laughs> in English. Nice. They uh, talk a lot about uh, the uh, Republic of Salo, which it was an actual thing. Uh, which was a sort of splinter of uh, the Italian Nazis after Italy surrendered, which had happened at this point. Yeah, so it was um, like it was like the 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 Mussolini led bit of the military who was like, "No, we want to continue fighting. We're not giving up." That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but at this point, they kind of knew they were fucked. So yeah. uh, apparently, a bunch of them had fled to Japan, uh, Beatrice, including Beatrice and her father. Uh, her father had, however, died on the way. Yeah, because uh, the... like they had a real rough time getting there. Yeah, the submarine had like hit a mine or had an accident or something, and it was full of gas, which was why it like turned up at this in this cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's also really funny because in this initial conversation, Kinzo just cannot get over himself because he keeps talking about how pretty she is. He's like, ah, yeah. I'm in yeah. love. Look how pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're, they they like pretty much lady. instantly start flirting. I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah, like okay. his his lieutenant's like yelling at him like, "Tell me what she's saying." And they're just flirting and I'm like, "Okay. This is this is an interesting atmosphere you've chosen." <laughs> it's an interesting time. Um But yeah, and also yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, like everyone's kind of confused as to why the submarine is there. Um, including yes. the people on the submarine, because like most of the people in charge died, so they're like, actually, we don't know enough to really know why we're here, <laughs> which is quite funny. <laughs> Beatrice Chang and Kinzo start hanging out a lot because they can talk to each other, um, and uh, they form a sort of friendship, 
Yeah, um, which is mostly which is uh, mostly them kind of joking via making racial microaggressions at each other that they both yeah. Really yeah. enjoy. <laughs> yeah, um, they sure are in the 1940s in a in a Nazi country. Beato Beato fully calls uh, Japanese men savages. Yeah, all. and it's like Kinzo, yeah. you're not like that, and I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, like, maybe they maybe they maybe they like each other because they're both fucking terrible. Um, yeah I, I that i think we can guarantee <laughs> yeah yeah um like they both do not have the greatest uh racial politics which i think is probably accurate to be fair to Ryukishi on this one i think yeah. that is probably what would happen um if two two nazis from different cultures hung out so yep. i things things that i uh found interesting from this conversation uh one um they're talking about books because she's like, wow, how the fuck are you speaking English so nicely? And he's like, well, I've read a lot of books and mentions that he's read Italian books. She's like, an Asian man reading Italian books? Wow, what kinds of books? Kinzo says, Niccolo Machiavelli and Dante Alighieri? I'm like, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course Kinzo's read Machiavelli. Because <laughs> she googled books that sickos read. Yes! <laughs> read the first two <laughs> Like the king of mansplain manipulate male wife and also the guy about hell. <laughs> like... Okay, so I will say the um the Dante the Dante one is on purpose because a lot of characters in Numeneco are named after characters from Dante's Inferno. Uh interesting. That's including fair. Beatrice. I know that some of that is um some of that is is purposeful, but Machiavelli was a fucking incredible tip. Machiavelli <laughs> is purposeful for a different reason, I think. Yeah. I'm just like, this is like if if Beato was like, oh, what's your favorite movie? And he's like, uh American Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, fantastic, no red flags there. Um. <laughs> he's like, by the way, I'm the fucking Joker. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Love that. Uh yeah, absolutely. If Kinzo was born today, he'd have a Joker tattoo. Oh Not God. if he was born so, today. If he was alive oh today. <laughs> um, Beato in the uh, Daddy's Little Monster t-shirt yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> with the Harley oh. Quinn hair. That's more of a Gap type drip, but I'll I'll give it to her. Yeah. Uh, they also they also <laughs> bond over the fact they're both from like noble families and they've kind of been trapped in that structure and yeah. can't really do yeah. anything. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, it's nice that you use my and my, my name instead of fucking a title or family name yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, Beato incidentally asks him to call her. It's 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 spelled B I C E. Yeah, but whenever anyone pronounces it, I swear it's bitch. It's Beache, I think. Beache. Yeah, it, it just sounds like Beache. Beache does sound a little bit like a fun pronunciation pronunciation of bitch. Though, I find, which, it, I find it, it sounds really like you're funny. trying to say the word bitch in like a strong accent. I, I do find it funny because like her nickname like for uh, the one we're used to has been Beato, which is a very Japanese nicknaming yes. of that mm. name. And now we have a very Italian nickname yes. of that name, which I assume Ryukishi looked up. Like that's a common abbreviation oh, okay. for someone actually called Beatrice. That's fun. <laughs> I, it's, it's a cute little detail, but oh boy, am I going to be calling a bitch now? It's also another way to fucking uh, tell apart the 700 Beatrices, because what, I think legitimately this is like 
the like eighth one now. Yeah. I was talking so- about Umineko with somebody <laughs> the other day and they were like, this multiple Beatoriches and I was like yeah I'm really sorry buddy I hate to break it to you but there's like at least eight and I'm not sure we're even done I really don't think we're done their conversation is interrupted because they've been asked to uh take something out the submarine which is incredible amounts of gold bars which even uh Beatrice is uh surprised that they uh they had in there she turns around, she's like, do you know the yen value of that? Yeah, no, I was like, I wonder. I was like, I wonder if they're going to talk about how much that was worth in 1944. But they didn't. That would be good. <laughs> that would be good. We finally know where the gold came from. It's Nazi gold. Yeah, because it's like, basically like one of the officers um, who was still alive knew that they had this gold on board and supposedly nobody else did. And that that was their mission, was to basically get it out of Italy and far away. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cordy's just made the excellent point that I hadn't thought about the fact that this is Nazi gold. Ushiromi, a family yeah. built built on Nazi gold. Yeah. Which, uh, once again, maybe I'm giving too much credit to Ryukishi. I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, um, it seems very appropriate for Kinzo, doesn't it? Basically, the reason this was brought out of the country is that they state is that it's never going to lose its value. Like, no matter what happens to money or currency, gold is always going to be valuable. And they brought it out of the country because they supposedly want to use it to rebuild, but they don't want to hand it over to the Italian government. Because the Italian government has surrendered already. Yes. Yeah. So they're like, they're basically handing it over to the Allies and they don't want to do that. Yeah. So they're like, let's fucking just take it over to the other side of the world. But then the submarine broke. Yes. So the two leaders of the Japanese military uh, on the island, uh, Lieutenant Yamamoto and um, uh, Angelo, the... Uh, who's currently sort of taking charge after the actual commander died, have this kind of back-and-forth conversation through Kinzo and Beatrice speaking English. It sort of breaks down to Yamamoto being like, we'll help you if you give us, like, 40% of the gold. Yeah. And um, the Italians are not pleased with that because this is money meant to be used. This is meant to be used to restore their homeland, so they don't want to hand it over at all. But then, yeah, Angelo's actually considering it, though. Um, yeah. And so, like, there's there's this weird divide in the Italian forces of people who are like, actually, maybe we can take this for ourselves now, and people who are like, no, this is our homeland's money. Um, so it's all very tense. And also, the J- Japanese mainland was supposed to bring a boat to collect all the Italians, but it's been two weeks and they haven't got one yet. <laughs> so they're expecting the, the Japanese military to turn up at some point. Um, yes. So yeah, there's a time limit also. Also in this section, by the way, it is confirmed not only... So there's this cave with the... Which is where the submarine was supposed to be built, but there is also a two-kilometer underground tunnel Mm. that connects the base with the other side of the island. And I'm like, oh, vindicated, Rowan. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. And you see lots of, there's also lots of little rooms and stuff. The art, the same splash art that we got for um, when Ava had found the the door to the gold um, in her bit of the epitaph is also shown in this bit, um, Mm. which was nice. We're like, ah, so it's it's about how you get into this tunnel is the epitaph. <laughs> yes. After this very tense conversation, the uh, Italians all sort of get together in this small room 
and start discussing their options. Yeah. And someone throws a grenade in the room. Whoops. It it's, uh, does not go off, but it basically all spirals from there because uh, they're like, oh... They've decided the best way to keep all the gold is just to kill us. And it, funnily enough, the Italians were also considering murdering all of the Japanese as well. So it was a yeah. both sides were considering. Yeah, it. the novel kind um, of considers this an inevitability that, like, once mm-hmm. the gold was revealed, they people were going to fight over it because yeah. they're so money hungry that it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was like, hmm, interesting. Because they think the Japanese are going to send a boat to get them and they don't know how to move the gold. They're like, oh, the Japanese military are going to find the gold, um, which will mean that they'll tell Italy about it. And all of that gold's just going to go straight back to the Allies. So maybe we should all just steal it then. And so then it becomes about personal profit. Yes. Yeah. Rather than just patriotism. And that's yeah. supposedly why it gets so miserable. Through, uh, so so as the killing starts and like Kinzo sees some dead people dying and he's like, oh my God, I'm confronting death. He There's a line about like, oh, all living beings don't truly care about the fates of others. They only care whether or not they themselves are alive. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, so this is definitely Kinzo perspective. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a very, that's an interesting thing for Kinzo to say. Um, but yeah, it, it, it also like it portrays him in quite a nice light in this because he's supposedly unarmed. He doesn't kill, like he's not part of the shooting. He's just trying to find where Beatrice is. And I'm like, I don't. We don't know whether that's how it went down at all. Yeah, like, yeah. I have no idea what his perspective was in this because if you think about it, Kinzo came out on top with this whole confrontation because he ends up with the gold. Yeah, um, which makes you know the fact that he was supposedly unarmed the whole time slightly suspicious. The way that this sort of gets justified, how this conflict kind of goes, is there are fewer Italians, but they're better trained. Yeah. They sort of cancel each other out. The Japanese are sort of overwhelming with numbers, uh, but they're all sort of getting blown down, but the Italians can't really hold it up. I guess I guess the last two dudes shoot each other simultaneously or something. Well, because, yeah, it kind of ends with Kinzo and then um, Yamamoto, the Japanese uh, officer, basically takes Beatrice as a hostage. And is just go wandering around using her as bait to flush out any Italians because he's like, speak Italian, and then they'll think it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, which is how he, which is how he kills the officer of the Italian. Yeah, he kills Angelo. Um, Kinzo kills Yamamoto only because supposedly, this is supposedly how it went down: is that supposedly uh, Yamamoto was a terrible shot, so he shot at Kinzo first, but it just grazed his ear. And then Beatrice, like, kicked him in the nuts and Kinzo shot him. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I fully, like, this is Kinzo we're talking about. If I wouldn't be surprised if he just snuck behind Yamamoto and shot him in the back. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but who knows? I'm not a fan of painting absolutely everything with uncertainty because suddenly you get to, like, is even this whole submarine story yeah, true? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 suddenly there's things to spiral. But there is a part of me that's like, oh, okay, so maybe not everything Kinzo, like Kinzo's maybe painting this as a much nicer account yeah. of himself than you would expect. Yeah, like, like the, he, no, I think the way theatre going power is sort of presented in the story is that you can't deviate too much from the facts, mm. but you can colour them in a separate way. Like, we're still. 
Remember from the last Hidden Tea Party, we had uh, Feathery being like, you don't lie to me, yeah. but you can interpret the events however you want. And I think this is a way of doing that. So yeah. I think all the stuff with the submarine and the gold happened. Whether Kinzo was as passive in all of this as presented here mm. is up for debate. Because he's certainly portrayed as basically the good guy in all of this. He's the only one who's not... Him and Beatrice are the only people who haven't gone mad over the gold. Um, mm-hmm. Beatrice doesn't kill anyone. Kinzo only kills Yamamoto because he's threatening to kill Beatrice. Um, and that's it, yeah. basically. We also don't get Beato's perspective. Because one thing I will say is like... Okay, so Kinzo's like, oh, this, all this flirting's going off well. But, like, also, it's possible that, like, this, all this shooting happens. Kinzo comes out on top, and Beto's like, well, he's the last guy alive. I better be yeah. nice to him. <laughs> like, I have, exactly. obviously, that's quite an extreme interpretation, but there's a point of, like, okay, so we've got Kim's how Kinzo thinks all of this went down, but we have no idea what's going through Beto's mind right now. In the bits before, like, um, they're getting on very well, but Beatrice, like, explicitly calls Kinzo a friend, like, multiple times. And I'm like, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, yeah, she likes him, but, like, is she attracted to him? Did she want to end up as his mistress? I don't know. Because yeah. the, the flashback kind of stops before we get to the point where she's the mistress. Like, the position she's in, she's in a country where she does not speak the language. Yeah. Uh, she has no one, like, no connections to anyone and mm-hmm. um she doesn't even have a home country to go back to yeah. she has nothing this is her best bet it, it all kind of makes sense kinzo however however she behaved has fallen in love with her at this point yeah. basically i will i have enough love for kinzo where i believe he genuinely fell in love with her you know yeah yeah my question is not about kinzo's feelings because i will respect he probably does he is pretty whipped right now yeah. i just don't know yeah. how whipped beato is yeah yeah whether she reciprocated those feelings to quite the same extent we'll uh probably never know because yeah a very sad beginning to beato's tale if that's the case yeah because she, she also mm. talks about because her dad died in the submarine accident but her mom's also dead um i don't think it explained yeah. how um but yeah, she's miles away from home. Yeah, she's she's got nothing really apart from him and a lot of gold now. <laughs> I, I wonder if she could have asked to split. Honestly, fucking shoot Kinzo. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better off for the rest of us. Come on, kill Kinzo. It's unfortunate. Like she she what she should have done is she should have set herself up and been like, yeah, yeah, Kinzo, set me up as, like, your business partner or something. Get me an interpreter who can speak English or Italian would be brilliant. Um, and then she can kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the main issue is is she's stuck in this foreign country. She She's she's trapped. She has, like, no power here. Um, and, like, also, I don't really know what she's kind of living for at this. Again, we get no inter- internal life to her. Is her thought process just like, well, this guy's nice enough. And I, I don't really have any, like, I, my life's kind of over at this point, so I might as well just, like, go out, just sort of chill with this guy for a bit. Yeah, she does tell Kinzo pretty much at this point that she doesn't have anything to live for anymore, so, <laughs> like, yeah. and he's like, I thought that, and then I met you, and then she was like, so she might have just been like, well, that'll do, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, I, I, especially young Kinzo, I'm like, yeah, like, he's, he's a young man. He's not as bad as he gets. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a sort of noble background. He seems to genuinely care for her. Like, I I could buy that. 
Um, so, he's the Mr. Collins of the situation. He might not be great, but he's relatively harmless. And he then he then does also say that because like she's been beaten up a bit, and so he he wants to like take her to Najima to find a, a hospital, hmm. um, and he cares more about that than you know staying to guard the gold or um, you know not revealing the the location of the secret military base on the island and stuff like that. So like. He he cares about her more than some things, that's for sure. Yeah. Which leads to a really fun scene where they basically put the gold in a rowing boat. And mm. I realised after this that they probably meant just, like, an ingot. <laughs> but, like, I was like, yeah. you put ten tons of gold in a rowing boat? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this boat made of? <laughs> hmm. They take her to Nanjo, who was just a, your average doctor working on Nijima. Yes. And it's sort of like, if you keep this all covered up, uh, we'll give you this gold bar. Nanjo says that he understood enough English to know that they weren't bad people from hearing their conversation. Yeah. Uh, Nanjo's very vague on kind of his own motivations. He's like, oh, well, please play. It's very... Yeah. And, and Will's just like, oh, so you were a greedy fuck, were you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and, Nanjo's, <laughs> and Nanjo's like, well, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> and I was like, it was Bless. a bit, though, wasn't it? Um, I yeah. mean, a couple of fuckers turn up with a huge, like, beautiful gold bar and just ask you to, like, heal one of them. I, I don't know. I don't know. Not not Nanjo's shining moment, but not his worst move. Yeah, it's, it's like certainly certainly all of the stuff that happened later is worse. Um, oh boy, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he so like that's how um, Nanjo got involved, and then it was basically just like yeah, like so like the gold just never left Rock and Jima because they they couldn't work out a way to move it or do anything for it. So so Kinzo just decided to buy the island. Yeah, because it's just like, well, no one cares about this island anyway. The government's done with it. I might as well just buy it so I don't have to worry about the logistics of moving all this gold. And, like, he sets Beatrice up in one of his family's houses. Yeah, in Odawara, because he hadn't actually built anything on the island at this point. Yeah. Um. So he was just like, yeah, he was just like, chill in our second, seventh villa or whatever. Um. And I'll come visit and you can be my mistress. <laughs> Which is also funny because Will does another one and goes, oh, so you were just cheating on your wife. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Will. Honestly, like, um, we're robbed of this being Anja um, of, or something. Mm. But like, shout out to Will for saying what we're all thinking. I'll be honest. This is, mm. well, this is one of the reasons that I wish Will had done this at the beginning of the, at the chapter. Um, but we won't get into that again. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and... Oh, also during this, um, it is confirmed canonically that Beatrice, Italian Beatrice, cannot cook pasta. <laughs> She's a bad Italian. Um, she said like, cause, I like, Kinzo says something about like how, oh, it's magic. You're like the golden witch because you brought me this gold and your love and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I make I make magic that blackens pasta to the bottom of the pan. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that is quite funny, though. Yeah, the most relatable Nazi of all time. Um. <laughs> oh, and other things that Courtney's never gonna wish she's never said. The minute I have the ability to do drops, you're fucked, mate. <laughs> well, I might edit that out. We'll see. We'll see how I do that, but, um. 
we're all walking a knife edge these past couple of episodes. What's going on with it? I mean, the moment Nazis got involved, it becomes a whole other story. Yeah, I um, think. Yeah, like, to be fair, to me, when Nazis get involved, the lines become extremely clear cut. <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah. anime Nazis. That's all I'm <laughs> oh, saying. No. Oh yeah, you know what? It was fine in Attack on Titan, and it's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Um, for the listeners, I'm Italian and Jewish, so... <laughs> it's One cancels out the other. <laughs> um, it turns out that the gold ingots had been pressed with the uh, symbol of the Sala Republic, which is an eagle spreading its wings. However, they've been pressed extremely shoddily and at an angle, so it kind of looked like a one-winged eagle. Convenient. Which Kinzo decided to sort of rework into the family crest and had a few of them sort of repressed with his new insignia. And those would be the ones that he'd like show people, basically. Yeah, so that so that no one could look at them and going, hang on, wait, isn't this just Nazis? He'd be like, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so what's really funny about this is uh, all the time they were arguing about wearing Nazi insignia on their clothes. Uh so i don't know whether we mentioned this on the pod but uh like when back before jess was a member of the podcast back when we had a different third co-host the third the who who is adam of the um calculation episodes Mm -hmm. (laughs) adam looked at kyrie's design and went i love the design but that red armband is really giving nazi and yeah. I'm just saying there's a reason that man has solved Doom and Echo. <laughs> he knew. Combined with the fact they're wearing half of the Nazi insignia on their clothes, that's a... Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think this is a coincidence yeah, on like, the writing of Ryukishi. Yeah, Ryukishi's like, you thought these people were bad. Now look. <laughs> I'm walking around with a fucking Nazi insignia. No, I'm gonna wear the Nazi insignia on my clothes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna inherit the Nazi gold. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as though as though any wealth is acquired through good means. As though as though one can become yes. that rich without being that's a true. That's true. person. As soon as we found out all this gold was real, it should have been onto something, really. Yeah. If it wasn't Nazi gold, it was gonna be like slavery gold or like blood diamonds yeah. or yeah. like fucking Amazon. They've like own the anime version of Amazon or something. Uh, there's also anime Jeff Bezos confirmed. Animeson, Animeson, is this anything? That would be. It would be like Kinzo's uh, the Jeff Bezos. If Jeff Bezos did like orphanages, so he's like the (laughs) oh god, who's the what's the name of the guy who designed McAfee? That guy. That guy is the closest we have to real world Kinzo. I think he died relatively recently, but he he was absolutely John McAfee, he was absolutely insane. I like I'm having a brain moment where I'm saying thinking I've heard something about it, but I don't remember anything. He did he did go off very recently, like I think just before he died, because I think he died pretty shortly after. Um, he went off on like a boat around somewhere in South America with like one of his wives and was like posting pictures of like him with a bunch of guns and just being like, oh yeah, the US military has got nothing on me. 
fuck the US government weird stuff. This is a point. Like, hmm. um, so there's an awful lot of fucking gold on Rakanjima. There is also presumably still a broken submarine and a lot of guns. Yeah. Because all there were like 30 Japanese soldiers and like at least 10 Italian ones. They all had guns. And presumably Kinzo has not got rid of them all because that might be a bit sus. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if the cut tunnel is just still lined with corpses, <laughs> uh, which is Who a very knows? grim thought. Then maybe he just threw them into the sea. Um, Whether the guns still work... Who knows? But I know Kinzo is more partial to his custom guns that yeah. he had made. Yeah, true. Which we've seen in uh, every game, and we know there are, I think, at least four on the yeah. island. I so. also think it's interesting in this that, like, it is confirmed. So not only did Kinzo build two mansions, uh, making sure that they were on top of the secret tunnel that could connect them so that he could go visit, but by the time that he made Kuadorian original Italian Beatrice was already dead. She never lived in Kuadorian. She had the child and then the daughter was put in Kuadorian because that was then, at the time, it was finished. So yeah, I'm not sure that, like, Beatrice actually was around that long at all. No. Yes, it's revealed she died during childbirth. This is this is really interesting because I guess this is one of the reasons why she's preserved as such an insane part of Kenzo's life because he's like, she can never become a thing he resents hmm. because she will always be like the, the, the good, beautiful version of herself. He met her, I think, in 1944. If his daughter Beatrice was 20 in 1967, we don't know an exact age, but I think she's about 20. If she was born in 1947... So that meant, yeah, they had three years. Yeah, yeah, there, there or thereabouts. So, you know, that's perfectly long enough for her to have not fallen out of favour with him. Mm. And thus he remembers her in such beautiful terms. And then I don't know how old the Italian Be- Beatrice was supposed to be when he met her, but, like, it's possible that the daughter Beatrice died at around the same age. Mm-hmm. Which would have been well. They looked similar. They did so look she similar. was probably in her twenties. Um, they look exactly the same. It's almost as though uh, Ryukishi only had so many sprites. Yeah. Yes. I imagine they didn't look exactly the same, but like apparently she looked to Japanese people Caucasian the second Beatrice mm. because Rosa identifies her as Caucasian. Uh, okay. Even though she's technically of mixed descent. Yeah. What is really funny is that Kinzo had a fourth child with his actual wife between all this. Yeah, he was still out busy like fucking his real wife in the midst of all this. Because Rosa was about 14 when uh, she killed second Beatrice. Yeah. So. Well, I guess I guess the timeline works out that he, after Beatrice dies, he goes back to fucking the OG. And going, well, I may as well. Yeah. <laughs> I may as well not in this woman. Enough times to make a child. Wonderful, man. Wonderful. Why did... God. I think what I like about this reading, it really cements the theme of Umineko. You can interpret this however you want, depending on how much love you have for this character. Mm, Yeah. Depending on how sympathetic you feel towards Kinzo, you can really, like, interpret this however you want. You can be like, yeah, he's just saying it as is. Those are the facts he's spitting. But... If you're if you're like us and you're more critical of Kinzo, wonder why. <laughs> you can be like, he never loved her, he just wanted to fuck her, 
and uh, he uh, murdered all those Italians for the gold, and this is all part of his master plan, and mm. he's horrible. You can do that with this reading. Indeed. So that's why I think this is, uh, this is pretty well written. Yeah. It's certainly, like, a nice little tutorial in, like, how a lot of Umineko is to be read. Yes. And I will say, it's very helpful for some upcoming content. Yeah, bet. It feels like something that should really help with the epitaph and some of the earlier game boards, but I feel like we'd already been working on the assumptions that this just clarifies. Yeah. Yeah. We now have pretty good reason as to why someone will be very okay with murdering Kumasawa, Genji, and Nanjo. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is what, when I first read this, that was my take. I was like, oh, if someone's like gonna kill a bunch of people to prove a point to Battler, these people officially suck now. It's not that they're, they've done nothing wrong. They are complicit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were in his employment, but, like, they could have bailed at any point. We are very much running out of people who have no issues um, on yeah. this Rokunji. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, we have, like, the kids. George isn't a kid because he's an adult. And so that's, that's literally and that's it, it. Yeah. at this point. I think everyone else has some sort of mark against them. Yeah, right which is yeah. funny, really, because, like, out of all of the servants, I didn't excluding Canon and Shannon, I didn't think Godo would probably, and has ended up kind of probably being the least problematic one at this point. Like, he's just a bit yeah. of a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just a dick. He hasn't been, he hasn't helped with a a horrible incest conspiracy. Um, he, he does have that going for him. Yeah. God bless his soul. I would like to point out, by the way, that all of, we we think of all of this and then Will in this story absolutely ruins uh the um the end of this chapter by making a fat joke about nanjo yeah thanks yeah will. i'm like i'm like thanks, really will. undermined your moral high ground there will yeah you were doing really well buddy you were like oh, fast climbing my ranks of favorite umineko characters and you've just like completely ground yourself to yeah, like amazing dickhead you i was like you shouldn't have like you could have said anything else but okay yeah where where was yeah. this sentence I'm like there are there are there are plenty of things to to uh, insult Nancho about. Uh, that's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. As we have learned in this in this episode, Nanjo, oh boy. Yeah. General physical appearance don't go for it. Will. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's not worth it. And also, Leon, please. It's happened again at least twice in this. Please stop pinching Will's ass. <laughs> He's not into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, low down the list of problematic shit that's happened this week, but oh boy, is it worth it. Yeah, <laughs> just like, I'm just like, I know, I was like, I know it's not as bad as the shit you're hearing, but please just don't. I will also say, though, we've been given the answer to the mystery of what Kinza's Hodiel is, where the gold came from, mm-hmm. um, what, who the second Beatrice was. Yeah. So I haven't figured out, uh, who killed her. It's too early in the, ch- in the episode for that. That's the theme of the episode, surely. So we can't get mm. there just yet. But what do you think we'll, we'll explore next? Like, it, it also kind of depends what you mean, because like, I think based off this, there's a very good explanation that, like, whilst Rosa was the one that um, led Beatrice out of Kuadorian, Kinzo killed her by keeping her locked in a mansion and not telling her anything and abusing her and making her want to escape. 
<laughs> like so so um based on what we know at the moment that's on him but i don't know i don't think that's gonna end up being the answer somehow yeah rosa sucks but i don't think she can take the blame for this one she was like 14 and yeah, had no and idea what she was doing like and this situation shouldn't have happened if we can can like uh, unless obviously it's a perspective thing and rosa didn't do any of that and it was different she just stabbed her or something um then yeah i don't think it's on rosa um, Again, given what we know about the kind of setup of this, they I don't think they can omit to that extent. Is it going to be something like um, like Beatrice goes back into the mansion to ask Kumasawa, what do I do? Do I go off with this strange girl? And Kumasawa's like, yes, yes. Also, but before you go, put on these extremely slippy shoes. <laughs> no reason. Um, <laughs> Given Kumasawa had kind of thrown her lot in with Kinzo at this point, that seems pretty unlikely, but uh, maybe I'm not giving Kumasawa enough credit. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, like I said, if Kumasawa really cared, there was so much she could have done yeah, to get this girl out of the situation, and she just did not. Kinzo, because he was living a double life, was mostly not at Kuadorian. Yeah. She could have smuggled her out and just said, oh, she ran away. Easily, easily. Well, this is an awful book about awful people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it sure is a book about terrible people, and um, but also uh, they're as terrible as you want them to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that like I'm glad based on everything we've seen so far, they're not being redeemed. Um. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I mean, all the no matter what you think about these people, you have to remember they always die. They always die. Yeah, no, I I also think it's it's interesting and good in the fact that I think this 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 book starts with introducing all of these characters and there are like you realize they're bad, but you don't truly see the depths of their badness until later. But you also see a lot of their mm-hmm. kind of human qualities quite early on. Um I like it in the fact that it's it's not being like all of these people are completely inhuman monsters. It's like Unfortunately, these are real people with depth, and they also do all of these absolutely horrific things. Um. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's an astute point. Um. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about this, is that all these characters are objectively not good people, but the depths of their badness is on you, really. How much sympathy you want to give these characters. And, and there are bits where you're where you're like, oh, that was a funny thing that that character said. And then you're like, yeah, because like, unfortunately, even though absolutely awful person, you know, they still have senses of humor and interests and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see with some of these people, if they hadn't been brought up in such an abusive house, they could have maybe not turned out so awful. Yeah. They might have just been a regular amount of bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, they probably wouldn't have had the same opportunities to be quite as awful people as they are. Yeah, like I think, I yeah. think at least with some of them, I'm like, I think even if you'd had the best life ever, you'd still be an asshole. But like, you might not have been a completely awfully abusive asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might not have fucked up your children quite yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah. so we'll see whether the rest of the book shows us even more hidden depths of these terrible people. I would be willing to put money on yes. Yeah, this is just this is just the intro to episode seven. What what have we got to go further into? Yeah. Ooh. So later in um in episode seven, uh, we have 
more chapters. What was that sentence, Courtney? <laughs> yeah, where was that going? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to pivot into saying what the chapters are for next week, and I just did not get there. Um, so next week, we are reading from chapter six, The Birth of Beatrice, to chapter eight, Here's the Culprit. Oh, well, it's that good. was fast. It's good to know that it will all be cleared up by chapter eight. Very nice. Yeah, so we're going to be cheered up. It's going to be a nice, leisurely, like, you know, scramble to the finish. <laughs> this is the pacing I thought Umaneko would be originally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is, this is the kind of timely, timely events that I was expecting yeah. from the get-go. Come on. For some reason, my <laughs> when you said, here's the culprit, my mind just was like, it's Erica for some reason. <laughs> I know she Erica wasn't really born. did fall off that boat and, <laughs> and kill everyone. And then set off a bomb She somehow. fell off that boat and then time traveled back to 1967 to kill Beatrice. Good for her. No, she fell off that boat and uh, just had a bomb strapped to her. And she was like, what am I going to do with this bomb? Oh, there's an island over there. I sure hope no one's living on it. Uh-oh. And then it explodes. Oh my god, it's like a, uh, the plot point at the end of my favourite movie, Cars 2, where Tony <laughs> has a bomb strapped to him and he's trying to explain to everybody, but Langley McQueen just thinks he's trying to be friends again and wants to apologise. I can't tell if you're... If, if you're um, if, this can't be the plot of Cars. <laughs> Cars 2 is a secret agent movie. Okay. Wow. Cars 1 is a movie about racing. Cars 2 is a secret agent movie. Cars 3 is a movie about racing. <laughs> interesting. An interesting it's sandwich. An incredible franchise. And Cars 4 takes place on the island of Rock and Gina, oh. as Lightning McQueen must get to the bottom of who is killing all these rich people. <laughs> That's we've solved why I vibe with Battler. It's because He's Lightning, Lightning McQueen and Battler are the same. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh fuck! Ooh, I would also like to point out, um, with this whole military base thing, there being a broken submarine, there being a load of guns, there's clearly like some other military installations. There are now a lot more opportunities for Rock and Gemas to just spontaneously combust. I feel. Yeah, that's fair. explosion. Um. Yeah, now now I feel like you can kind of see uh, where this uh, kind of explosion thing came from. I don't know what would yeah. set it off still exactly. Or also, like, the submarine, presumably they've not moved it. The cave is specifically on the side of the island Kuadorian is on, not on the side of the island where the mansion is. So, um, yeah, exactly what it was that went off, how movable it was, that kind of thing. Not sure what's going on there. Yeah, mm. I'm guessing they all went over to go and have a look at the gold and something fucked up, but that's all I've got for you. Maybe the spirit mirror was a big button that said, press this button and in three months, big island go boom. Yeah, well, that's a podcast. <laughs> We did it. Yeah, we did podcast. Uh, this, this sure is a pod. Thank you for listening if you've gotten this far. You've traveled <laughs> so long with us. Hopefully, hopefully Kinzo's done with his fucking terrible shenanigans and then we can... Hopefully, hopefully Kinzo's done with his fucking... No, I... <laughs> well, that too. I think there is minimal Kinzo for the rest of this episode. Thank God had enough of that guy we're not done with kinzo but there's less okay will's like i'm not i don't want to see him again <laughs> makes sense makes sense i mean Thanks, he's gone everything out of him i don't know what else kinzo would know given that like he died two years before all the murders happened. he knows what the epitaph means courtney and will hasn't asked any <laughs> questions about that will should have gone and been like what's your fucking beloved homeland then a eh? a eh? 
<laughs> yeah, come on, Will. <laughs> What's the sweet fish? <laughs> What's the sweet fish? Okay, well, on that note, I believe we're done here. Yes, I think we are. Thank you, and good night. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.